0: Certain decisions become easier. You just oh, this is take the easy path in life, and it's like that's what vice is all the time. It's like it has a grip yep. on you, as opposed to you having a grip on the world. You having a big grip or your oh, big. Yeah. F- <laughs> 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 I- Welcome to Creative Insanity.
1: Creative Insanity.
0: Hey, I'm Servant. In today's episode, I talked to my very, very good friend, Kevin Rosmer. What came out was, I think, a really good episode where we really dive deep, we really uh, almost meditate on the idea of loving the process, I think, as a kind of general theme. and Why that's important, how we do it, and our struggles along the way as artists. Kevin Rosmer is an incredibly talented, multi artist. He does professional filmmaking, advertisements, and freelance, just like I do. He produces, mixes, and masters his own music, just like I do. He's an actor, a director, a storyteller. He's basically all of the creative things. He's very much a uh, multifaceted human being, a jack-of-all-trades, someone who's able to look at a problem and just figure it out using his raw talent and intellect. As an artist, he goes by professional help, and he and I have actually worked together and collaborated in many different ways in the past. He directed my music video, Fear No More. He directed my music video, Bananas. And to top it off, he was the artist I featured in my rendition of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. I'm proud to have had this conversation with him. I'm glad to finally have him on the podcast, and I know you're going to get some value out of this. The great and powerful Kevin Rosmer.
1: Where is he? (laughs)
0: How you doing, man? Long time no talk.
1: I know, yeah, has been a little while, but you know what? I'm glad that we are. I just got a text message from you, or no, I sent you the text message.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's how good I am. Is I convince people that they've uh, that I've texted them, but really it's you who's texted me. That's mm-hmm. so lame. What a lame start. I,
1: oh well, no, no, no. Here, here's the rule. We have to. Well, however this goes, we just All have right. to.
0: Okay. All right. I'm. <laughs> so I'm. For di-
1: anybody who's watching, listening, this was just a, a spontaneous thing. I was just walking home from downtown, and um, you know, I sent Spencer a text that we should uh, that we should chat again sometime soon, and he said, Hey, how about tonight? And I was like, Yeah, maybe we should just record a random uh, uh, podcast episode. How about that?
0: So yeah. And then I was like, we Should we to. even wear pants? And you were like, <laughs> Well, it depends. So tell me, what's on your mind these days?
1: um I'll tell you exactly what was on my mind I was downtown and I was uh so it's September the 23rd by the way 2020 we're in this middle of this pandemic and I was downtown and I was just thinking like man the the world is so dead right now it just feels kind of like um like dead dead in the sense that you know there's not a lot of people out um there's not a lot happening you know you think about a normal year right it would be There would be, like, uh, musical performances, Broadway's coming into town. The orchestras would be playing their concerts. There would be live music everywhere. People would be out and stuff. And so there is a little bit of stuff going on. But, like, it it feels um, there's not, like, as much, like, thriving of life right now. And I was just thinking, like, man, I guess if you, like, want to... Everybody has, like, a responsibility to bring... Whatever they have <laughs> to <laughs> offer to like make the world thrive in a way, you know? And mm. um sometimes that can just be in the form of like going out somewhere, or maybe it can be in the form of creating something. But like to make sure like things are still happening yeah. in the world.
0: I get what you mean. Um First of all, I think we have totally different towns. A lot of that you're describing, like, oh, the orchestra should be coming into town. Like, we don't have that here. We got some stuff. Um, We have the world's shortest stripper has come to town, so that's exciting. Um, Wow. Of course, I haven't frequented myself, but um, there's a billboard right up in the middle of town. There has been.
1: (laughs) that's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting news.
0: No, Edson's all right. It's got it's got a lot going for it for sure, especially for the size of town it is. But very different. That you're like, oh yeah, there should be like vendors and like stuff going on. And well, you're you're <laughs> in New West, so you're you're basically Vancouver, and it is very different. It makes me think as well that when this <clears throat> COVID stuff started, um, shortly before it actually, I watched a few episodes of The Walking Dead. And that's a show that I love. Please, nobody spoil it for me. I've been going through it real slow. And I was like, man, everyone just brings everything they have to make this little mini microcosm of society work. That's yeah. what they got to do for survival. And it's like, they got kids. Well, they got to teach their kids. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to, like, teach them how to use a knife. And someone's got to, like, try to raise raise vegetables. What's that called? Garden? Yeah. Agricultural <laughs> uh, yeah. production. Yeah, so...
1: Farming? And yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Farming. We're super agriculturally gifted people, clearly. But uh, just a couple of artists, like, what is a pitchfork? <laughs> but, but what's funny is that, so I went to this Baptist church, and I'm Catholic, but I double dipped a little bit just for the community aspect. I tried out the Baptist church, and I was invited there. Hmm. And I noticed that they had a real involved community. People were doing all sorts of little things. And there was someone like teaching the Sunday school for the kids. And it's like everybody had a role. Someone was doing music. Somebody came up and spoke. And it kind of invoked that feeling I had when watching that Walking Dead episode. And it kind of solidified in my mind where I was like, wait a minute. The Walking Dead, like that's what society is doing now. We are everyone's in this survival mode, but because we're so safe and so secure, you know, you have people who can go for like ballet and people who can do things that really don't add anything to your survival, but more so to the enjoyment of life, kind of like the next level survival. And so I was thinking like, what a world, you know, that's that's crazy. And then COVID happened and, you know, we saw, I think, a darker side of how that feels. And you're saying, you know, September 23rd, months months after the pandemic, you know, after it's wiped through the entire world you- we're still seeing it, you know like not all the not all the things have been called off, people are still wearing masks, there's still glass between you and your cashier
1: yeah, um uh yeah, I mean it, you know it still feels a little bit uh unusual, you know, there is really this like limbo sense where it's like i, I was kind of thinking about it as like okay um the world isn't, like, thriving, but we're also not, like, in, in complete despair. Um, we're kind of, like, 30% back, kind of. Mm. But it is sort of this limbo um, type of vibe that's going on where it's, like, it just it feels very strange. Um, even, though, even though we're still doing a lot of the same things, um, you know, in terms of, like, I was just having coffee with a friend um at a spot that I like to frequent and we were just hanging out but yet um I don't know the world still just felt a little different so how has this um, impacted
0: you on a like personal level first of all and then branch out to like creatively because I wonder if me and you have been impacted in similar or different ways
1: yeah, and again, it's hard to like say exactly how much it's been just this, which has impacted me. Like, I've I've written, um, I wrote like three songs over the summer, and so I was feeling fairly proactive, creative, and um, let's see, I've been working on some little film, and I've been partially doing that to like, you know, kind of reignite some fire in me. Because one thing that's definitely happened is I've, um, you know, there's a gap like the seven deadly sins and everybody probably is somewhat familiar of like, which ones are their vices. Um, Sloth has come up in my life Hmm. where it's like, you just find yourself being very lazy. You're lazing around. I'm lying on the bed and just taking naps and like not doing a lot of things. So I'm like, Whoa, I've got to like snap out of it. And, and like I have to force myself to um kind of energize myself to like do do things actively <clears throat> in terms of whatever that is going out and getting exercise or or working on creative things or just like being actively doing stuff right
0: yeah engaging actively versus passively <laughs> i know what you mean yeah 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 i've been having similar like because i've been working so hard i've just been putting in so many hours and this <laughs> summer you know was just crazy for me like i i 12-hour days, just go, go, go. But when I had time that was free, I suddenly felt like I just need to relax. I just need to chill because I'm working and making (laughs) money. And it's it's not a Joe job. It is a career that I've, you know, like we do similar work. We do freelance stuff. We do videography. And that's the kind of thing that I'm glad to have crafted myself into because it's related to my real passions, which is music and writing and film. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm like most of the way there, but even when doing that all day, I still want to have time and energy for my own passions, my own music, my own music videos. And so I come home after these days and I come home, I am working from home. So it's like, I be home after that. And it was like, I don't have the energy. So I just watch the Simpsons, spend time with family, relaxing, going for walks and just kind of rejuvenating, I think, just to sort of keep myself sane. But I know this, these last couple of weeks, I've been making such a super strong, concerted effort to have better balance. And I have a temptation for sloth. It's like, okay, balance means I got to relax. I got to relax some, but I start relaxing. And then I'm like, ah, just another episode of The Walking Dead. You know, when it's like, I used to have such drive. I used to be like, man, (laughs) I got a free minute. I'm just going to write 10 songs and making, you know, (laughs) make two music videos and
1: yeah I know right um, and and now it's like you get into like the bad habit of of um, kind of like lack of motivation hmm. kind of and, and and accepting accepting that accepting yourself being in that state.
0: Do you accept yourself so
1: well i I, well, I guess what I mean is you you develop the habit of say, lying in bed for too many hours throughout the day. And especially like, you know, cause I'd be scrolling on my phone and stuff and, and we'll get into more of that later. But, um, you, you don't, it's like you stop kicking yourself in the ass. you know? Hmm. Yeah. You just kind of comfortably sink into this bad habit and then, and then you realize that you've sunk into it and got comfortable and then you're like, ah, crap. Why am I like it does make you less happy, or at least I find for me. I'm like, why am I not like um feeling as up as I normally would, and then you start to realize, oh, it's probably because I'm not being um actively engaged or working towards something, and I'm just lazing around a lot and and you know your life starts to kind of like lose meaning, yeah if you if you slip into that,
0: and the phone is deadly. For that in the morning, like if you start your day by just lying in bed and you're like, oh, I'm going to check the news. I'm going to refresh this feed. I'm going to check this. And you're like just looking through it and then time flies by and then you've wasted an hour just in bed. Most mornings, like like, most mornings for me, I can't do that so much these days, but it does happen the odd weekend or something like, you know, my wife's got up and she's graciously started making breakfast and I'm just kind of loafing in bed. And I feel that. I feel like, oh, I wasted this. I wasted this. And what a shitty feeling to be like, to start your day feeling like I did nothing and I'm off mm-hmm. on the wrong foot.
1: And oh, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. That's probably like where it matters the most, right, is to, to start the day off, you, you know, um, with some momentum.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and that's why the word vice is so appropriate because – I was just thinking, you know, like a good habit, like a virtue, a good habits, like a virtue, you're doing something habitual or you're instinctively or reacting to things in a kind of not all the way thought out way that is good for you, good for others and good for the world. A good virtue is, you know, you're getting up and, I don't know, let me think, how hard is it for me to think of a virtue? How <clears throat> how, how deep in squalor am I? Um, yeah.
1: I know, you just can't think of it when it- Courage.
0: Courage, like someone who is basically, they're prepared because they're so used to outwardly thinking for others and willing to risk themselves that as soon as a moment arrives where the bus is about to run the old lady over without thinking, they instinctively uh, jump and try to push the bus- Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, they just jump there and they're like,
1: stop the boss.
0: They instinctively go to help because it's a virtue. It's like the kind of thing that they've bred themselves to be the kind of person to act that way. So when an opportunity hits, they act. Virtue is like an acting thing. Whereas vice is like a thing that has you in its grip. It's like a lack of action that takes you. It takes you away. So like, you know, lust is a vice because you just sort of like, let your mind go where it goes and you kind of follow these paths. And the next thing you know, like certain decisions become easier. You just, oh, this is take the easy path in life. And it's like, that's what vice is all the time. It's like, it has a grip yeah. on you as opposed to you having a grip on the world. You having a big grip or your oh, big.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 I, I censored myself because I'm on a podcast, but you know what? Fuck that! I just—you got a big grip of your balls, just like hanging. On.
1: You got a good grip on your dick, and you're just rubbing it in and out. You know, a good tight squeeze on that thing. You got the—you got the Vaseline all over your hand. You're just
0: squeezed you, we're it over your we're, lo- we're losing the metaphor, but I think people understand.
1: <laughs> your viewership uh, numbers will just <laughs> right at this part.
0: It doesn't matter, really. I'm doing this for me you're doing this for you mm-hmm. and we're going to learn something together. That's we're-
1: actually a good, yeah, no, I think, I think that sounds like a good place that you've gotten to, man. I I, I read your, your post from just the other day and yeah, it made me feel like, huh, it sounds to me like you've gotten to a good place. Like a place where you're not pursuing, you know, the social media interaction or like, oh, I just want people to watch this. I want to get the validation and all that stuff. It's more like you're, in a place currently, it seems to me like you're in a place currently where you're, you're back to like doing it solely for the love of it. And, and kind of, you do what you want when you want. And, um, you know, it's not like an obligation anymore. And there's not like so much of a, I don't know how to put this, like, like you're measuring your success based on external factors Mm. like you know how much media engagement you can get or whatever how many people are buying your track or watching your podcast or whatever it's just yeah uh,
0: well doing it and that's it's going to be really interesting for those few people who do listen to my podcast because this episode's going to come out but like the week before or whatever if I if I get her done in time I have an episode with Cassius who's a rapper and that episode was recorded started the summer, you know, like right around the time that I dropped off the face of the map because I got so busy. And what I talked to him about, like I haven't edited it yet as of our conversation, so I'm going to like listen to it again, but I know it's going to be huge contrast because he's very much like a workhorse, like you know, if you're not working, if you're not getting shit done, it's not going to happen. And I remember feeling very convinced and like, yeah, this is this all makes sense and you got to have like all these good habits that you're daily working on your stuff and I feel like I felt so convinced then, but because life got busy and my priorities shifted, it's like I fell away from that. And I got to this place of, you know, at first despair, maybe where I was just like, man, nobody cares about me and I suck. And then realizing like, wait a minute, nobody cares, but I care. I care who I'm talking to. I care about making something that's valuable. Um, I'm happy when I make something I'm proud of, if that's a music video if that's like a lego creation because i'm playing with my daughters and i'm like look at this and like the cargo opens here and you could put little the lego millhouse guy in here and he drives the spaceship and like i could do that and it's just awesome and i feel good about it i realize that i have to infuse that into what i'm doing so that there's it's a balance yeah you got to have some discipline you got to be working you got to be able to get some stuff done and that is virtue that's like good positive habits of placing yourself in systems that it's more likely these things are going to happen. And if you're predisposed and you love it, awesome. But not having the pressure, not having the people need to accept me and think this is awesome. People need to rely on me. You know, I'm going to be consistent for them. I don't have to be consistent for anybody. I just have to make what I do, what I love. And if there's fruit from that, for many people that's great if it's fruit for a handful then that's just fine too and if it's just fruit for me it's still fruit it's still good yeah
1: oh yeah 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 definitely a lot to be said for that about doing doing things for your own well-being as i mean you know a big part of it is service as you mentioned too like you're trying to like service other people with your your talents and your what you bring to the table, right? It's kind of like going back to the whole um, Walking Dead thing. Like everybody's got a role, and you're trying to fulfill it, your fulfill your role mm-hmm. in servicing people with uh, you know certain types of content and stuff that can enrich their life. Um, but it's also about uh, like the service that you provide should also be um, life giving for you, rather yeah. than than draining you.
0: Well, it has to be. Like, it it has to be because...
1: Yeah, that's the only way it's sustainable.
0: Yes. And see, most people are in a situation where they got to spend most of their time, most of their best hours working for the man. And it's like, they've got to make money so they have money so that they can feed themselves and do the things that they actually want to do. And the quality of that job you know, for most people, most people aren't thrilled with their careers. Most people aren't thrilled with what they're doing or they're like, yeah, it's pretty good. I get, you know, I get good benefits or I get this and they, they're they living for the weekend. They're living for their time off. They're living for fishing, whatever it is. But what we do as creatives is a kind of work as much as like it's, it's joyful for us when we're in the zone and it's like a kind of catharsis there's still that discipline, there's still a work element. And so we're not working creatively for the man, but if you are, it sucks. If like, if that's all you're doing is like, I'm trying to, you know, have for the man, I want people to love me and accept me. And it's like the kind of currency of affirmation versus the currency of, you know, putting food on the table. If that's what you're working for, Mm -hmm. it's not, it sucks. Like you're kind of miserable. But if what you're getting is nothing but joy, then you're you're servicing yourself as well as others.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a way better place to to be in.
0: And I haven't always Seems been to there. Me, yeah,
1: yeah. How how would you describe um the way that it's been for you in some other circumstances? Like, uh, you know, when you say it hasn't always been that way, what would be the 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 bad way that it's been the, the, the way in which it wasn't uh, as good
0: I would say when it kind of feels like a crushing job where you get this goal in your mind where it's not the journey it's the it's the destination and I start and I've started to think like oh man like I could make a living doing music I could do this I could perform I could make things happen opportunities I could get my music out there. And you start looking at this end goal of I'm making a living doing this thing that I am that I love, right? And the mm-hmm. journey sucks. It starts to suck after a while because you're trying to do everything in service to a dream. You're doing everything in service to a dream, and a dream isn't a living and breathing person. You are, and, and the people around you are. So, like, that's that's where I've I've been in the past is just like trying to be like. Oh, I'm going to make this happen. And I'm hustling, I'm hustling. And you got grit, you got determination. I'm young. There's so much going for me. But it's like an expenditure of resources that, you know, the older and wiser you get, you start to realize damn, like, this is the holy grail I don't want to worship at. This is the kind of thing that's not actually giving me what I need. And it's out of my control. I can't control if a song of mine blows up and hits playlists and if it trends are like i can't control that i can't control whether people love or accept me even but i can yeah. i can control if i'm enjoying it but i yeah i guess that didn't really answer the question in a great way but i would say for sure i've been in that place where i'm just <clears throat> i'm after the goal and not the journey
1: mhm oh, okay i see i think that makes sense to me um cuz cuz you know you should be enjoying the journey to, um, you know, like we both write songs and record songs. Um, if it's like a really painful process to go from like, okay, I've written this song and now I have to go through the whole process of like making all the content. If that's like really painful and and you, you hate it, like it makes the destination not very rewarding. I think it's, Mm. it's so much better when you enjoy, the thing that you're doing, like the process of doing it. The process as well as, as, uh, the, the final result.
0: Yeah. And it's like the final result then is, is more like fruit than it is like anything else. And fruit is nice to enjoy and it's, it's great to To have, have, but it's like, yeah, I would say I've been learning from my kids a little bit. My oldest, uh, she's very creative and she loves to color and she loves to, uh, come up with her own drawings and she likes to make her own Lego creations and she wants to make her own songs and she's coming up with stuff all the time. And she's like a little version of me. And I was thinking like, man, mm-hmm. she wants to do these things because she wants to do them and they're awesome to her. It's like, man, I can color in the lines. Yeah. Holy shit. Like what a great thing. Like I can make, <laughs> I can design this thing mm-hmm. the way that I want. And like the pure kind of joy and excitement that she has, I, I used to have more consistently, it was like a kid in a candy store, just getting our kid in a music store for me. I get to play with everything and just have fun. And then it's just started to turn into like a job. Yeah.
1: And just like trying, trying to see, trying to see what you can do. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and impressing yourself or, or pleasing yourself with, yeah. with that. Um, and there's a lot of joy in like seeing progress to what you're, pursuit is as well so you know in the case of um your daughter it's like maybe she sucked at coloring before but now she's like noticing it getting better because she is staying within the lines and she's choosing better colors or whatever yeah um there's a lot to be said for um yeah recognizing the improvement and that that actually reminds me like what you're describing reminds me a lot of when i used to make movies in my backyard as a kid too it was like we would just do it for like you get your friends together and you do it because that's like the fun thing to do like you wouldn't want to be doing anything else yeah you're not doing it like so much for any particular purpose um you know you don't think you know it's not going to make money there's (laughs) there's um the anticipation of like showing it to your to your audience which may be your classmates or your parents and that sort of thing um but it's, but, but you just, you make a project kind of just for the sake of making it. And it almost doesn't even need to be good. There, there's, there's a lot of fun that comes from trying to make it as, as good as it can be. But, uh, so, so much of uh, the enjoyment of it is just like hanging out with your friends and, and making something.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I think a good example for us is that um, think of Fear No More. Think of like the full the full life of Fear No More. So Fear No More, mm-hmm. uh, for those who don't know, it's one of my songs from my album, Identity. And I went down to Vancouver and I worked with Kevin. Um, Kevin was the director for the music video for that, as well as Bananas. And we got together, we hung out for half a week or maybe a little more. And the filming, like remember how just exhilarating that was the filming part yeah coming up we're like looking for locations we're like I'm like running naked in a field like wow this is crazy it's like it was (laughs) it was just bizarre it's like we're gonna make art this is gonna be amazing we're like you know a journey from yeah a journey from like triumph to wretchedness we're gonna capture that on film and I'm gonna like embody the devil and we had a makeup artist and we had like all this stuff that was fun and powerful and then it's like what happened after that was, I think, a very fair amount of, like, procrastination because then mm-hmm. we were, the editing process was coming up. And at that point, it's like I was, <clears throat> I think I was, like, putting pressure on you, like, to edit because I wasn't editing at that point. I was still yeah, learning yeah. how to edit. And it was like, man, it's got to happen. And it was like, then it's like a job. Then it's like, okay, the editing part was like, oh, uh, now it's like, got to do something it's got to make this goal happen of kicking ass that's got to be like the super successful video for spencer and that i think would have sapped a lot of fun out of it and i understand that now because i literally just procrastinated for at least seven or eight months a video that i filmed for my music video metal because the filming was exhilarating it was awesome it was amazing and then i just didn't edit it i was busy i did other Mm -hmm. things because it felt like work it felt like man now putting it out there it's like if it doesn't do what it's gonna do it just like i got caught in my head and it took a long time to come around and realize just this last week like you know what this is gonna be a fucking good video and this is gonna be fun and then when i got into that mindset and i started editing it man i'm so proud of it and it's so good and i'm like why did i wait so long Mm -hmm. this is so silly but like
1: yeah it's funny It's funny how that can, how that can happen. Like how you can sink into a place of like really not wanting to do something for some reason. Um, And you could like have been really excited about it previously. And then you're like, Oh man, this is just becoming a chore. But then you kind of find some new inspiration to want to work on it again. And um, it's interesting to like, kind of observe why that might happen. Um, I know for one thing, oftentimes something can seem really intimidating like before you start and then you just get started and spend a little bit of time on it and then you kind of get into the flow of it right yeah but the thing that holds you back is the intimidation of just getting started right yeah or that what it all to has me a lot that's something that I've
0: yeah I, I I know and it's something I've struggled with more lately than I ever used to just <clears throat> getting started just doing doing it but but Yeah, go ahead. You go. We got a delay, but go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, um, now, now like armed with the knowledge of that, (laughs) you can like, since you know that now, um, I find it easier to kind of get myself to start because (laughs) you have enough experience knowing that, okay, I really don't want to get started with this thing, but it's really just getting started. And as soon as I do get started, it won't be so bad. So I should just dive in and do it. It's like the knowledge that it's going to be okay when you get into it um, makes it easier to get started.
0: Yeah, that's perfect.
1: Does that make sense?
0: That seems really simple, but I actually think that's quite profound, especially in how that lines up with mental health, what I've experienced with depression. I've gotten depressed so many times that though I've had on a few occasions suicidal ideation Mm -hmm. um I know not to do it not to ever get that far and and to make that kind of mistake and to to commit such a selfish terrible thing right not to do that because in part because it's wrong and secondly because I know that I'm going to come out of the depression I've done it so many times like I've Gotten, oh,
1: I see what yeah, you're saying.
0: I've gotten into it so many times that and I've gotten out of it that it's like, mm-hmm. you know what? I know this sucks right now, and I know I feel really down. But the history and experience of having gone through it so many times, no, it's like I know I'm gonna come out. So even if even if I felt like killing myself, it's so it would be wasted. It would it wouldn't be good mm-hmm. because I know I'm gonna come out of this and that I'm all it's not gonna be forever. And I don't know why I drew that parallel, but that's like psychological parallel for me with the same thing as like starting. Yeah. If you know, it's going to kind of suck every time, but it's like when you start doing it and you know that after it sucks, it gets better. You're more willing, I guess, to embrace the suck and be like, it's not the end of the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, that's, um, it's kind of, it's, it's good that you mentioned that because yeah, when, when you start to notice like these, these, uh, kind of cycles happen or these patterns of like, you know, how your life goes, that things get better and then they get worse and then, but they get better, better again. Um, Cause it's so easy to be caught up in the moment, but when you've been through that cycle enough times and you know, yeah, life does get better and I'm, and I'm not going to be feeling depressed forever. Um, that can, uh, that can really help you pull through like, Cause usually when you're, when you're in that headspace, I imagine you're sitting there feeling like, like kind of like you have, there's, there's no future ahead of you. Like you have Mm -hmm. no hope for the future. Like it's just going to be shitty. You know, you're stuck in the moment. You're feeling really down or depressed, empty, whatever it is. And you're not like, it's kind of preventing you from seeing a brighter future. Yeah, But if you can look back at the, the pattern of how your past has played out, you can almost just like sink into it and be like, okay, I just have to ride this out and it's going to get better again. History has taught me this.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. That and that's kind of like,
1: so <laughs> So then coming around full circle, it's like thinking about the pandemic too. I'm hearing a lot of people right now saying like, oh yeah, things are never going to get better, man. It's going to be like this forever. This is the new normal. We're all going to be wearing masks and, and they talk about it as though this pandemic and um, kind of the gloomy situation of the world right now is going to just like last forever hmm. because it, it, it's kind of like that whole thing. It's very similar. I think that yeah. we're in it right now and we don't see anything beyond it. We don't, it, it's hard for people to see like the light at the end of the tunnel. But if you look mm. back at history, it's like, OK, well, the Great Depression lasted for however many years. And then there was World War II. And like there was a long, a long stretch of really shitty events that happened. But eventually we got into like the glorious 50s and then, you know, the, the swinging 60s and yeah. blah, 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 whatever 70s. else came after that. And then there <laughs> were some other shitty times and, and there were good times again. And it's like this is just the way like history goes. Like the world will thrive again at some
0: point. Yeah damn that is
1: we don't know how shitty it'll get or how long it'll be but like that's so um, true
0: it's so true to like want to and people collectively want to stay in that zone of like mm, despair you know and we see a lot of well suicides for instance are up statistically they're they're they skyrocketed during covid yeah and a lot of people feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is never going to get better, but I think you're absolutely right. Maybe that's why there's so much wisdom in that phrase, uh, this too shall pass.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Because it's like... It's very much like what we're talking about. Hey?
0: So I wonder if that's... It's funny that you have to keep learning the same things again and again, and or, or how like the first time you hear something... It triggers something in you and you learn it and you go with it and then you move on and then you return to that. Like this too shall pass means something different to me now than it used to when I was a kid, when I first heard that. It's like, it's a kind of thing that grows. Like wisdom is maybe like that, where it has multiple applications and is always fresh and new and alive somehow.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's like, it, it applies differently based on the experience that you gain in life, I guess. It's kind of like if you rewatch a movie, you know, a dozen years after the first time you watched it and you interpret it differently, or a song kind of uh, impacts you differently down the road. Yeah. Um, or something that just didn't mean anything to you at one age suddenly becomes very meaningful to you later on.
0: And that's and that's life, folks. That's uh, We've solved it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, we've solved it right here today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
0: It is, it is disconcerting though, like to not dismiss some of the feelings. Like, I mean, you're walking around feeling like, how? What, what did that feel like when you felt so empty and like, there's no one around, like the world is kind of not present anymore in, in normally a very busy time.
1: Yeah. Well, what I felt like was, see, I didn't exactly feel like down or depressed, but I was like a little bit blue. It was like, it was like consciously I was aware that I was still living my life very regularly and there were still people around, but it was kind of like there was this, this, this dark cloud kind of lingering over me in mm. the back of my mind that it's like subconsciously, I know that things are different right now and I'm seeing like subtle signs of it. Yeah. And, um, it's, uh, I think when there's uncertainty about the future it can leave you a little unsettled. It's like you don't have any direction when there's so much uncertainty. You're sort of like, Well, what should I do? You <laughs> feel a little bit lost. You feel like you don't know where you should go or or how things are gonna be in a few months or a year later. And and then and then you know, you do start to wonder well, are things ever gonna get better again?
0: Interesting. Or is this
1: just like the way that it is? Um So the thing is, I guess, is that you have to like actively remind yourself of these things.
0: Yeah. You know, it seems like a paradox almost for a minute, because like what you're describing is this cloud, right? Like this sort of fog. And when you're in the fog, you don't have a destination necessarily. So you kind of feel like, you know, where do I even go? What direction? And it's like just a minute ago, we were talking about how we need to enjoy the journey and not the destination. So like, if that's where we are, it's kind of funny. It's like, wait a minute. If we're in this spot where we don't miss, we don't know what the destination is. We don't know where it's going. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not. So the, the maxim is, you know, enjoy the journey, enjoy the process, not the destination. Maybe it's hard on both ends. Maybe it's hard to, number one, we have a strong tendency to focus on the end goal. And number two, maybe it's also hard to actually embrace the journey because even when you take the end goal, even when it's like all you got is the journey, all you got is today, maybe even <clears> that <throat> side of things is hard for us to be like, wait a minute, one day at a time. Let's just embrace this. Let's make today a good day. Let's, you know, make my bed this morning. Let's do something good. Instead of that, it's like, yeah, I guess that that's, that's hard too. Both things are kind of hard. That's probably the most profound, um, or either like the least profound thing I've ever said. <laughs> it's like that's such such a banality that it's like, yes, we know.
1: <laughs> well, so what, what what did you mean? Both both things are hard. Is that what you said?
0: I, it's like it's hard to be in a state. Like the hard thing is our tendency is to always focus on the destination, but. When we are in a fog and don't see a destination and don't know what a destination could possibly be, now our tendency, like, it's like removing that part of the tendency, but it's still hard because we don't know how to embrace the journey. So, like, Mm -hmm. I guess it's like letting your grip off of one thing is half of it. You have to seize Mm -hmm. onto something else. And it's like, yeah, that's that's a better way to explain it. It's a two-step process. And it's not enough to just not have, to not be embracing a destination. You have to be actively embracing the journey, especially if that's all you have. Think of people who are in like traumatic situations. Well, like uh, some people might think this COVID thing and the way it happened to the world could be quite traumatic. I mean, obviously for families who are directly affected, but for everyone else, the world's been flipped upside down, people losing jobs and stuff. Even like in extreme cases, things like the Holocaust, people every day, like, they didn't know if they were going to live or not. All they had was Mm -hmm. that, maybe that moment. All they had was, like, the next five minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and also, on top of that, you could also just consider, like, what it would be like to be living in, you know, in the middle of it, right? Where it's not yet history, you know? So you don't know when it's going to end. You don't know when the Nazi regime is going to end. You don't know if they're possibly going to win the war and take over the whole world. Oh yeah! Like, imagine how unsettling that must have been in those times. Right? I think about like the Cold War too. If you were like legitimately concerned, like, wow, nuclear war could yeah. very well happen here, you know?
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, it could have. It's how
1: unsettling must that have, that must that have been when you just can't see what's beyond um, the horizon, you know? <clears throat> and you don't know if it's going to be really bad or really, really. Yeah. You don't know if it's going to be good or bad.
0: So then it's like, what do you hope for? Because it's like, you need this balance. You need to, I guess it's like when you look into the future, you shouldn't spend a lot of time there. But when you do, what is it that thing, that ideal thing that we should be trying to seize and look at when we do look there? What's that that hopeful balance? Is it like the hope of heaven? You know what I mean? Like having a good conscience hmm and living your best life, um, you know, morally, conscionably and utilizing your talents and gifts and, and in the service of others. Like, is that, doing that in a way that you have hope of heaven, whether you're listening and believe in heaven or not, but like the hope of like- Yeah, it's like the
1: concept of heaven.
0: Yeah, like the, the path of this is gonna end well, but you don't know what that is, because heaven's like a mystery. It's like, what's heaven like? Is it like playing golf all the time and having vodka spritzers? Because for that for some people that's heaven, for some people that's hell. So you can't even imagine what heaven is. Heaven's a fog. Heaven's this yeah. destination, but it's like a a shrouded one. It's one where it's like, I know I'm gonna be taken care of. Ah, maybe that's what it is. It's like you gotta have the faith that the future will be better or, or if not better, that the future will not be hell. The future will be something good. You don't know what it is. It's a surprise. It's going to be good, but it's only, you're only going to feel that way. You're only going to have that hope if you really are living the way you ought to embracing the life, living in the present, doing the right things. Yeah. Okay. That's more profound than the last thing I said. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> well and also like one thing that i've been thinking about a lot is like trying to figure out like the definitive the definitive roadmap towards to like ensure that you're taking yourself to a good place right because i often feel like you know sin is a bit of a trap in the sense that it can it, it's, it's very appealing it's something that's um, it, it tempts you obviously so there's appeal to it like, let's talk about the seven deadly sins for for a second. Let's do it. I've been thinking a fair bit about those recently. Um, <clears throat> say, like for instance, an act of revenge, wrath. You, somebody wrongs you in some way, and it's very like desirable to want to punish them back, and you justify yourself for it too. It's like, well, you know what? If I don't fucking strike them back. Then you know they're just gonna steamroll over me, and they'll take advantage of me more. And I need to like get them back, and like that's how it kind of like tricks you into, you know, mm. spreading wrath, and and it it seems justified, and it seems like you're probably doing the best thing for yourself, but I think that that's kind of the trick, is mm. it um, it uh, it satisfies a short-term desire. And it makes you think that you're getting ahead, but it actually causes you to fall behind. Um, it Causes you to like sink because um, um, trying to pull together some thoughts here about this. Um, again, it's like in the long run, it will, it will. Um, it kind of just puts you on like a bad path, you know, maybe then you start, you start, it's like, once you, once you, well, let's think about murder for a second. Okay. The first murder is always the hardest, right? But once you've done it, then it's easier to do it a second time and a third time and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, Appa- I apparently,
0: no, it's, it's it like, definitely is true. It's like any, any mm-hmm. sin, as soon as you break that wall, it's easy to do it again. And because mm-hmm. you, a probably psychologically, you've created the neural pathway that it's mm-hmm. answered the uh, it's answered the call in your brain, and so now when that thing calls out again, you go, "Oh, I know how to answer that," and you go to that <laughs> neural pathway.
1: And yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, another another good example would be like gambling. Yeah, You know, gambling addiction. We've got experience like, of that. Oh, man. I just have to – I know. <laughs> I know exactly. So, you know, you go in there and you win a bunch of money and you're like, yeah. And then you lose a whole bunch of it and you're like, ah, I just got to gamble more to win it back. Yeah. Ah, fuck. I lost all mm-hmm. that money. Like, no, but I – and you keep on following the – you keep on going down the rabbit hole of like trying to gamble to get back what you had and it actually just slowly – drags you
0: do you remember that so
1: deeper and until until you're more and more fucked right
0: yeah yeah (laughs) do you remember when i was visiting you in vancouver and we were filming those music videos yeah i went like i'm not a big gambler or anything like that i never have money for this sorts of things but i had a little Mm -hmm. bit extra spending money you know this is before i had kids and so yeah i was like i can No, no i had one kid i had millie she was she was just little though and so i was like I yeah i was
1: gonna say i was like wow is that before you had no it? but but i guess it wasn't yeah
0: i would have had millie at that point uh probably probably preg- we were becky was probably pregnant with tegan but i was like man um we i went gambling a whole bunch because i like won some money doing roulette and mm-hmm. it was like i was i'd play with like 20 bucks and i would just sort of play and play and just sort of once I lost 20 bucks, I'd lose it. But I kept kind of winning a little bit to the point that I was like $400 up. And mm-hmm. I remember feeling like, Oh, this is awesome. This paid for my banana suit costume, by the way, for people who saw that music mm-hmm. video, I was like, man, this is, this is great.
1: <laughs> paid for by the casino. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And then me and you, we were going to go one more time. And uh, cause you had been working yeah. some, I've been just kind of like hanging out of your place and going gambling and doing whatever I wanted during the day. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> it's like,
1: I remember specifically, I was like, so would you go to work today? And <laughs> like, we started we start talking about, like, gambling as though, like, as treating it like a job almost. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go to work. We have let's go it. make some money. For a couple you know? of
0: days, I made more money <laughs> doing that than my normal job. Yeah. I know.
1: and that's the thing, right? It's like, it tempts you, it lures you in that way. It's like, hey, hey look, you could, like, make some money yeah. here.
0: Yeah. So then I, we went gambling that last time. And... Just started losing, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And I had
0: like just start, like just started losing, and I was kind of doing my same strategy, and it just wasn't working. It just wasn't working, and it's like, oh, it's gonna, it's gotta land this time. It's gotta land this time. And I was like, I had to like double down, exactly. And I kind of got to a point where I'm like, I've lost two hundred dollars in this one sitting, like in this very fast mm-hmm. period of time, and it's like, if, but I could get that back if I drop like another hundred or another 60, whatever, like, it's like, this is going to happen, but then it's like, but if I do that, I'm not going to have enough money to like have snacks on the airplane or something like on my Mm -hmm. way back. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, realizing this is going to impact like the money I won, now I'm going to lose it. And I remember that feeling, just like this sickening feeling of like, oh, like I could get it, but I could lose it. And uh, and I can't get it and it's not working. And me and you remember, like, we were just, we had a great week, but then I remember we were like stone cold sober at that moment, just like, yeah, oh boy, like, this is not good.
1: I know. And I then we, we just, took that little video afterward, right? Oh, <laughs> we yeah. We were so disappointed.
0: Yeah. So then we well, walked away.
1: We lost everything that we had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And we wanted to document it just like, to remember that but it's like we were talking about it then and thinking yeah. like man this is like a kind of holy moment because what happened after i pulled my chips off the table is i was like i'm not putting any more money down uh 200 enough to lose uh, i'm not going to lose anymore my strategy the very next they rolled it again and it would have paid off that next one but mm-hmm. then we were talking it's like but would it have you know, cause she might have mm-hmm. you know, she might have given taken the time to give me the money. Would she have rolled the ball the same way? Like probably not. Like like there's no way to know for sure. But it's like I felt like if you know, if there is a God, he was up there kicking me in the ass then yeah. and being like, that, did that'll did you learn something? Did you know, learn how know. fast you could lose everything?
1: You yeah. Know? It's funny when you have those moments, right? Those little learning moments. And it's like and and the thing is it's like it stings. Usually, when I have one of those learning moments, it like it stings, but it only stings a little bit, and I'm always like, "Whoa, well, like I that that sucked. It sucks that that didn't work out for me, but it didn't hurt that bad. And you taught me the lesson. Yeah, and interesting. So you just you you leave feeling like the real gain was the lesson, and the lesson was far more valuable than what yeah the thing was that you were after. You know, and I really do think that with like gambling especially and um uh, you know other things too i'm i can't think of all the examples right now but but i have a lot of those like learning moments where you're just like it's a very clear lesson yeah and it stings you a little bit just to like show you something and and hopefully you you get it that time so that it it does keep you out of trouble down the road
0: yeah it's why like you know, like we've been open about this, and I've been open with people. I've talked about it before. You know, I I've struggled with pornography addiction. Um, I've been making some gains. People should be happy to know, but it's still a struggle for me. It's still a battle. Um, I read a book, a book right there called "The Porn Trap," um, and it's about people who deal with this addiction and how they get out of it and what you know stuff like that. But it's very scientific based and shows these big problems. And one of the most prominent things is that people have to hit rock bottom. Before they get out And it's kind of true for most uh, from for, mo- for many addictions Is people have to hit their own version Of rock bottom Before they realize Oh, like this isn't going to be good for me And mm-hmm. my rock bottom for gambling Let's hope Was losing that $200 in like 10 minutes You know yeah, yeah. But someone else's rock bottom is like Losing their house, losing their marriage uh, losing, yeah. Like some people it's a lot lower And And so like for me it's like with any addiction part of it is like you kind of have to decide where your rock bottom is and you have to be willing to treat it as such because a lot of people like they just don't make a change until they've hit that bottom until they've, they've actually come across the the edge of their world and realized the impact of their actions. It's why you don't protect your kids from, uh, I mean, you don't protect them from the consequences of their actions within reason, right? Like obviously if they're four and they jump in front of a train you're not going to be like, well, this will learn them. You know? <laughs> yeah, like,
1: they'll never do that uh,
0: again. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to have some sense of reason. But as your kids get older, part of that is you let them feel the heavier and heavier weights of their actions. And if mm-hmm. you don't, if you don't let them feel the consequences, you are fucking your kids up. And yeah, there's probably yeah, yeah. there's probably kids or, or children, we're all children, people who are listening to this who are like, yeah, I was one of those kids. Or there's adults who are like, I'm probably doing that to my kids. Like you have... <laughs> You have to let your kids have the consequences of their actions within reason yeah. as best as you can control it. Because what happens, um, you know, if you die or they're 18 and they move out, <clears throat> then they hit the real world. And mm-hmm. they need to hit that edge. They need If they know yeah. the edges are there, they're going to be safer. People run and jump off these edges all the time. They, they jump off yeah. the cliff without even knowing. And I think sometimes it's our it's our fault, you know, like we don't.
1: Yeah. Well, and I guess like too, like, like when, when you become an adult, um, you're more capable of just like doing more things, you know, cause you just have freedom, you know, you have more freedom, you can drive, you can go places, you have money, whatever. So there's, um, if you haven't learned a lot of those lessons with that freedom comes the potential for getting yourself into more trouble so it's like if you haven't learned those lessons earlier on then you might just be like ah fuck just gonna like go buy all these drugs or something <laughs> or i don't know what, what you might do um
0: legit though people do it uh,
1: drink and drive maybe um get into a car accident um stuff like that get an std get somebody pregnant unintentionally right um there's all kinds of like life-altering things bitch. that could happen as you as you, yeah, <laughs> that that could certainly happen. Yeah, I I
0: just have to remind people that I'm <laughs> um, I'm a gangster, so I'm I'm straight up gangster rapper. <laughs> oh, yeah, so okay, we say things okay. like that.
1: Keep on, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally.
0: Got to keep my persona. Just
1: keep on, keep on, keep keep up with the reputation. Yeah, sheltering sheltering people can really do them more harm than good in the long run and i think it's also really important to teach kids to allow kids to make their own decisions when they're young too Hmm. you know like because because decision making is something really important we all have to make decisions in our lives and if you're kind of like if you're brought up where somebody else is making decisions for you like you're just not going to be equipped to really um kind of assess and evaluate and decide for yourself like like that's an important process to work through i think is the process of like being faced with a choice weighing the odds and the pros and the cons and then settling on something and then seeing how it plays out you yeah. know and um actually I'd, I'd wanted to bring up also the Social Dilemma documentary. Did you watch that?
0: Yeah, I did, actually. I yeah, let's talk about that. Oh,
1: okay, great. Oh, we should talk Let about Let me grab that. some yeah, water i um, I'll be right back. Okay, I'll go get some tea. We'll be right back, folks, after these messages from our sponsor, the tea company, the... I don't know who makes tea. The James Tea? Isn't there like a special... Um, there's like a specialty tea company. Anyway, they are our sponsor. How did that documentary make you feel? And was it anything that you didn't already really know anyway?
0: Um, I would say I wasn't quite enlightened to the depth of which it could inf- social media could be influenced or social media could influence um, polarizing viewpoints and even causing upset in elections and stuff like that. Like, I guess it kind of made sense, and I'm not surprised to hear it, but I never really thought about that part too much. Um, Okay. I would say, though, like, on the whole, a lot of it was stuff that I kind of knew, stuff that it's like, yeah, I knew this before, and this makes total sense. They kind of dramatized it in a way that I thought was really useful, particularly for young people who don't know so much about it that I think – It's like, yeah, it is spooky. It is like a crazy thing. Like you got these three people creating this uh, effigy of you that's just like Mm -hmm. looking around and doing shit. Like they they pulled that off effectively. But for me, I'm kind of like, yeah, I already know that. It's not great. Yeah. How do you feel?
1: Well, like the dramatization thing was like a cool way of depicting that. Yeah. And um, this will kind of tie into what we're talking about like How, I don't know, sin and temptation. I'm I'm hesitant to talk about like things that people relate to religion, you know, sin, heaven, hell, temptation. Like, I I think people should, um, disassociate that from religion for a second and just think of them in terms of concepts like heaven being a good life, hell being a shitty life, Mm -hmm. um, sin being temptation to do things that would be destructive to yourself or to others. Um, But so, um, the documentary makes you, um, you know, when they talk about how like suicide rates have really increased and like depression and anxiety has really increased since like 2011, when social media started to come, um, that's like really, it's, it's really a a wake up call uh, on, I, I guess what it is, it's like, it's like an alarm on how to maybe like fix your life. You know, it's like, if you're sitting there wondering, why am I so depressed? Why am I so miserable? Like maybe maybe social media is part part of the answer. Maybe it's a big part of the answer. And so I hope that that will be helpful to people that it's like, you can pretty much just be like, yeah, I think I'm just gonna turn this off and your life will instantly get better. And I've kind of found that to be the case for myself a little bit. Like I do get some joy out of social media and engaging with it, but there's a lot of, um, a lot of negative, uh, effects that, that come with it. And, um, so I think it bringing that to light would hopefully help parents to consider, um, that it's not harmless and, you know, maybe as a society, like reconsider just giving teenagers cell phones or like especially kids cell yeah. phones and access to all these like social medias and stuff. Um, because, you know, like if you care about your kids and care about people of the world, you don't want them to be subjected to that. But at the same time, too, it's not like just... Kids who are affected by it, either it's it's adults too, and everybody has to take like their own initiative to decide how much of this they're going to let into their life and how it's affecting them, right?
0: Yeah, I know for me, like I've eliminated (laughs) before this documentary the social media apps off my phone, um, other than Instagram because I check it so rarely as it was,
1: but that's exactly the same for me, yeah. It's like
0: I And now it's like, I'll check that once a day. <clears throat> I kind of, for my work, some I do some social media work and it's like, <clears throat> for me, it's just, it's upsetting to remember how badly it's impacting people on an individual level. And it's, it's rang so true for me as an artist trying to get my stuff out there, you know, like, oh, I need the attention of people. I need them to see my stuff. And then it's like, oh, if I'm not posting all the time that I'm not going to be bumped up in the algorithm, no one's even going to know I exist. And Mm -hmm. so it's like this monster that's always demanding more from you. And I like, I learned to hate it. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to say things just to say things. I want everything Mm -hmm. that I do put online to be meaningful and actually add value to people's days or, or their life somehow I wanted to add value but I got caught up and get caught up in the machine of like I just need to post and it's just like throwing garbage at the wall and everyone's just throwing garbage out there and we're just like yeah polluting our minds and the other thing that was really alarming that people need to think more about is the social comparison how now you're comparing yourself whether you want to or not to like all these other people who are curating their streams so that it looks like They live good lives and everything's happy and hunky-dory. And then you get to count the likes that they get on their posts. And like whether Mm -hmm. you want to or not, you're creating these social comparisons in your mind. And it's not healthy. It's like straight from hell.
1: But uh, that's sort of like how it kind of lures you into is it, it sort of disguises itself as this harmless thing. And, you know, I mean, the first, the earliest iterations of it, it probably was kind of a harmless thing. Um, but then it's like you see how the media starts to change right and how say like outrageous headlines start to get more attention and so they're like yeah that's what people want more outrageous stuff and then it causes our whole society to become more and more outraged and then that creates more hostility and conflict in the world and we start fighting with each other and start hating each other and thinking the worst of each other right because mm-hmm. it's like outrage is what sells and gets clicks and gets eyeballs and um, it's like this really, <laughs> this really um, unfortunate chain of events, which is just like gradually making the world shittier and shittier.
0: Yeah. So does it make you as, because you do creative stuff, you're an artist, you put music out, you got your professional help, you got all this stuff that you're doing. Is there any part of you that's like, I don't want to contribute to this monster? Like I, or...
1: Yeah, well, it makes me um, – so there's a number of things that I would say about social media. It makes me want to – because I do think there's good there. There's, It can have a good effect on you. Like, you can use it for good purposes. One of them is, like, just keeping in touch with people who you like and who you get along with. Um, you know, exposing you to, like, diverse ideas and that sort of thing. I think it becomes very stressful when you are constantly being – challenged, like your point of view is constantly being like challenged and you're constantly being told you're wrong or this is not right. Or this is, this is the way things really are. And this belief that you have is bad. Like that's, it's important to have your beliefs, your beliefs challenged. But if it's like constantly every day, it's just becomes overwhelming. I think that Hmm. people's experience on social media can be really overwhelming, um, being exposed to so much diverse information and points of view and stuff. Well, it's interesting. So maybe the- that's one of the problems. I think, I think like the news feed is generally poor for people's health because on one hand, okay. So the thing is, is, like, you don't want to end up in an echo chamber where just everybody, you know, agrees with you. And so you just live in this world where you think that your way is the right way. And that's the only way. Mm-hmm. It's not a good thing. On the other hand, it can also be a bad thing if if it feels like every if it feels like you're being constantly attacked. Every every thing about you is constantly being attacked. You know, your personal beliefs, your personal politics, your um, sense of humor. You know, maybe you make a joke and somebody is like, "Hey, that's <laughs> not very." appropriate or whatever and then you're like well fuck I know I can't make jokes like um there's yeah. there's so many things that can cause you to just feel um attacked and so it's like one, one of the telling moments in the documentary is when the little girl there she posts a photo of herself and there's like four people who are like hey yeah he's super cute oh my gosh you're so beautiful blah 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 and then there's like the one person who's like could your ears be any bigger or something they they basically insult her and it's that one negative comment that she kind of sits there dwelling on and you know in spite of like all the positive reception she got that one negative thing um caused her to um you know go to bed feeling shitty um yeah yeah like feeling bad and um and then you can imagine how that like constantly happening could lead to depression or anxiety.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's frankly just kind of a nightmare. Like I question myself, it's like, do I even want to participate in this? But at the end of the day, like, well, no one's gonna hear my music or anything that I do. No one's gonna hear this podcast probably unless it's for social media. Yeah,
1: yeah. And well the other thing is like you you think about how much you get out of it out of social media too. Like I'm sure you've discovered artists and music or whatever like okay example i recently discovered um ambient sound on youtube and it'll be like rainfall in a cozy cafe (laughs) and it's just like an hour of this and so you just turn that on and it's like ah this is really nice to just sit back and listen to um that's a good thing you know and it's good that i found that and i got that through like youtube recommendations so it's not that it's always going to feed you Stuff that's um, bad for your personal well being. Do you know where else you could have and found a- that? Where?
0: At a cafe on a rainy day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but man, you can get this on demand wherever you're at. <laughs>
0: it's not the same. <laughs> you have to wait man. for
1: the rainy day to happen. <laughs> yeah. But actually, so, well, one of them was like this. It was, um, It was like Victorian Britain nighttime. And so there's like crickets and you hear like horses galloping along <laughs> or trotting along in a carriage. So they create this ambient sound that makes you feel like you're just hanging out in a Victorian, um, village. Or that's whatever. interesting. So, so that's something that you, you can't get anywhere, right? It's like, it kind of puts you in a place, a place that you might like to be in. So, uh, there's a whole bunch of them though. And, um, Anyway, so that's just an example of like you find great things um, on through social media sometimes. It could be great music or, or some really valuable insight um, from like some self-help person um, or like instructions on how to fix something.
0: At the end of the day, though, I always um, kind of feel not good. Like the more time I spend on it, the less I feel like this was a good use of my time. Like I I do, I think Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of other ways to find things too. And I mean, a lot of it's just word of mouth, right? Like the social media of socialness, like people being social. It's like calling someone up and Mm -hmm. like, oh man, did you hear this? Did you see this movie? You seen Tenet? Have you seen that movie? Like people are like, yeah, they got, we kind of forget to talk to each other too. I don't, I think like if I just had to make a judgment call of like, is social media a net good or a net bad? Maybe that's oversimplifying it, but I really feel like it's not a net good for society on the whole. Mm-hmm.
1: But then, yeah, 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 it's like I
0: think. it is kind of a mixed bag. But the medium is the message, and the medium of social media is not a good message. It's the it's like of comparison of news feeds of looking at each other from afar of curating things of like presenting yourself in a certain light. And, and so I think that there's Mm -hmm. a lot of danger there. And I think a healthy individual ought to limit somewhat their access or put it in its place or remove it altogether, but at least put it in its place. like Their
1: exposure.
0: Yeah. And some people's like for work, like they got to be on there. I think why a lot of people stay on it is because they're afraid they're going to miss out on events. They're afraid they're not going to hear What's going on they're not gonna hear yeah uh, about what even like what's going on in town like all the events mm-hmm. like the way that it's kind of infiltrated normal things uh, like how would you do mm-hmm. that before? Uh, mm-hmm. there's like boards in town people would post stuff um, you oh you could even check the website of certain places, right? Websites are yeah, yeah. before social media. So
1: websites pretty okay because you can just choose to go there, right? And it's yeah. not trying to like bombard you with a message that's catered specifically to like, I don't know, push your buttons or get you to do something, right? It's just here's the information, go find what you need. It leaves the power in the hands of, of the uh, the individual. Um, but social media is like feeding you stuff that you don't that's not necessarily good for you. And um I mean, I kind of feel like social media has taught us that we all like, hate each other. <laughs> like, like, because it's, it's exposed us to things about the people in our lives that we didn't really need to know. Like, you know, that Fred is into this crazy conspiracy and, and <laughs> thinks
0: that yeah. Shut like, up, like, just Fred. crazy
1: thoughts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it just it 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 creates like this animosity between people because you learn things about people that you probably shouldn't have known and didn't really need to know. And I've also noticed like people interact totally differently online versus in the real world. Like you don't walk into the real world very often and see people being like, "Hey, fuck you, man! Your opinions <laughs> suck. You're <laughs> stupid, and so is your family." <laughs> like people face to face don't very very often engage that way. But it's like. The norm on youtube comments or facebook comments or on twitter like these feuds between people you're just like man when you're constantly being engaged in this stuff um it's not <laughs> it's 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 just enough to like make you um go nuts if you're constantly being yeah engaged that way and and it doesn't seem like we're learning how to um like, it doesn't seem like we're developing social media etiquette.
0: Uh, yeah, there is like a kind of quasi-etiquette that's developed, but I think that is at least a bare minimum. But I just think like in its current form, it needs to be better suited for humanity. Like for, mm-hmm. for everyone who's like listening to this on YouTube or they they have found it because I posted it on Instagram or something like that, I mean, I'm great that I'm grateful you're here and I'm grateful that social media brought you to this place that is hopefully providing some value. But there's also part of me that's kind of sad that that's how it had to be. You know, I've, I've thought to myself marketing wise, like, you know what, I should do is like, I should just try to get everybody's phone number or email, like phone numbers, just get everybody's phone numbers who actually cares about my music and my podcast and like who wants to actually pay attention. And then it's like, just be able to send out like a mass text or something mm-hmm. and just be like, Hey, here it is. You know? So it's like, it completely subverts the social media process in, entirely. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's one of the advantages of like building up the email list, right? Which everybody says is what you should do anyway. They, they're like, yeah, email list. That's what you need because You know, you never know if your social media will get banned for whatever reason or if it'll, Mm. uh, you know, the the service will just fail for some reason. Not too likely, but like, you know, it's not too likely that Facebook is going to go under. But, you know, your page could get banned. Like mine got uh, shut down because of like some weird thing related to my account that I was managing for my brother's page and his page got a strike. And then, as a result, they deleted all the pages that I was connected to. You know, it was just a weird, random thing, right?
0: Man, that's messed up.
1: Yeah, and they so have all the power, really know, right? Yeah, like they but have... that's but that's where it's like um, having an email list is like a little more secure. And and again, you're you're communicating directly to the person. You're not exposing them to like
0: yeah, all this commu- other <laughs> shit. You're communicating directly to their junk box. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well. Yeah, sometimes. You know. Sometimes.
0: That's just me being a bit cynical. But you know, I think I'm I think we're gonna we're gonna end it right here. And I'm gonna end it on that cynical note because okay. that's real. That's how I feel a lot of the time. It's kinda like cynical. And like in terms of like creativity and sanity being this quest that's like, it's not perfect all the time. I don't always come to the, we don't always come to like these great conclusions. Like, yeah, life is great. And this is what you got to do to make everything work. Sometimes it's like, you know what? Social media kind of sucks, but we seems like we have to use it. Seems Mm -hmm. that way. And I don't really have any answers about, you know, I've thought about quitting and stuff. I don't really have like my mind made up about what I'm going to do about it all. But Mm -hmm. I I just feel kind of like cynical about it not great about it like it's a like it's a foreign substance in my stomach like I ate something bad and I'm like am I going to puke this or am I just going to be on the shitter for three mm-hmm. days like I, the, the questions yeah. of what's it going to be so um <laughs> yeah any final words that you have for us
1: yeah I mean I'd like to plug my stuff of course yeah but oh, I'm yeah. gonna plug my website instead of the social media pages so for anybody who doesn't know I'm a musician yeah and i make music yeah I'll... Uh, which is what musicians do but but uh so the band the name of my band is professional help and if you go to professionalhelpmusic.com you can listen to the one song that i have out right now and i'm working on another one that's going to be done very soon i'm really aiming to get it done by the end of um <clears throat> this month 2020 and uh But yeah, professionalhelpmusic.com. If you want to go to the Facebook and all that stuff, then the links are on there too. But anyway, that's probably the best place to go to like see what uh, I'm doing. Yeah. And then I won't try and, my website doesn't try and force shit down your throat. (laughs) You can just decide what you want to have a look at.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, that's good. And everyone should check out your stuff too um, because it's really good. And you're you're very multi-talented. We've worked together and- I'm just really impressed with the kinds of things that you can come up with, the level of skill and dedication and technique that you've developed. It's just awesome. And your music's awesome. Happy to be your friend. Happy we had this conversation. And, Thanks, uh,
1: man. Same. I, yeah. I, I think I think there's like, um, you know, the, the things that I'm going to be producing over the next several months, um, I'm very like excited about them. I think basically I'm just, I'm finally in a place where I feel like empowered to just record these things and, and get them out. And there's uh, some good stuff coming, but yeah, yeah, it's good. good. I mean, I'm, I'm very thankful for our friendship and stuff too, because it's, um, it's just always useful to like talk to other creative people and go through the struggles together.
0: Yeah. And, and
1: the I, joys too, all the, all the, all the, all the good stuff as well. Yeah.
0: And I like that we can discuss these like, we can actually get into things on a deeper level, you know, like it's sometimes like conceptually like to walk through things to be like, why are we here? How do we get here? What are we doing? Like that <laughs> stuff's really helpful for me. So I think it's helpful. Yeah, same. I think it's helpful for other creative people to think about that kind of stuff too. Like the big questions matter as well. And uh yeah. I'm gonna cut it right here. Snip! Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you found any of this valuable, please consider subscribing, recommending this to a friend, or leaving a positive review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you happen to be listening. If you watch this on my Servant YouTube channel or Facebook page, please leave a comment and share. I love to hear from my listeners and learn from them. Learn more about me at www.servant.com. That's s-r-v-e-n-t.com. Thank you again for your time. Now go be creative insane.